Welcome in, boys and girls. We got a hot one for you, and it's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. We're talking NFL draft, first three rounds. Uh, Lions have, we made four picks in the first three rounds, so that's cool. Uh, we'll definitely get through the first three guys picked, but Kirby Joseph, he's going to be a little teaser at the end, so we'll see if we get there. But, boys, uh, let's just, like, I got to ask you guys. We were talking a minute before the show. Was this, Nick, was this the craziest NFL draft you've ever seen? And you've seen a few more drafts than me because you were probably, you know, a bigger or uh, more uh, entering in an NFL fan before I became an NFL fan. So, you know, you're paying attention a little. Just call me old. Bro. I'm not. You don't got to beat around, around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of NFL drafts. Um, first NFL draft I remember. Let's see if I can do that real quick. Uh, probably Joey Harrington's draft. But anyways, um, all right. So... This was probably this was probably the craziest draft for a, for a number of reasons. One, just the 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 unknowing. You know what I mean? The unknowing of it all. Of not knowing will Malik be a top two pick or will Malik be a third round pick? I just knocked over my beer. Um, like you just really didn't know. Is Trayvon going first? Is Sauce going to be the first cornerback? Right? There's a plethora of things you just didn't understand, and it was fun to see all the unravel. Right. It was very fun to see that. But then you so the first 10 picks happened and it was it wasn't that crazy. There wasn't that many inside the top 10 trades. No one trading up to two or one, which would have made it like really insane. But then the receivers hit and then the Saints traded up. Then, you know, the Lions traded up. Then uh, whoever else traded up right after or right before. Like there was just a ton of teams going after receivers and it was so much fun. Everything about it was crazy. Cole Strange got drafted in the first round. That was one of the weirdest it, things. What a of all. fitting last name, too. Like, strange, it's very strange. Like, oh, that's a, that's a strange pick. Exactly. To answer your question, I would probably say this was the craziest draft, other than like the only one I can really think of that like leaves you just 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 as crazy was the Eli Manning draft. And it wasn't even the whole draft. It was just the whole Eli Manning yeah. fiasco to San Diego. Like, that was so weird to yeah. me. I was young. I didn't understand I it. wish so bad I was, you know, like, older or, like, able to, like, consume and realize what was going on with that draft. I don't even think I was – I was probably five or something. But anyways yeah. – um, yeah, just to, like, see something like that would have been crazy. And to have, like, that and Twitter – oh, man, because now we're starting to see, like – when the craziness happens in the NFL, Twitter Twitter gets its own mind and goes crazy. And it's, it can be pretty fun, too. Some people have some funny comments, some insightful comments. But Julius, my man, uh, craziest NFL draft of all time or what? Craziest one I ever watched live, I would say. Uh, it was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of trades. But it was I, I knew I kind of knew it was gonna be crazy like that because of how many teams had multiple picks. And when you got like five or six teams with two or three picks in a, in one round of the first round of the draft, they gonna start a trading frenzy. And that's pretty much what happened. And you throw that into all these um fourth year option receivers like AJ Brown. Um, who else got traded? What other receiver got traded in the first round? Marquise Hollywood. Marquise yeah. Hollywood went to the Cardinals, Arizona. Exactly. I mean, it was just kind of expected. But I agree with Nick. The 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 um, unpredictability of this draft, heading up to it. I mean, we've been talking about this draft for months. And we are, were straight guessing for months. And so was everybody else. So was all the experts. So was all everybody except for the guys calling the shots. So when the draft actually happened, everything was a surprise. The first pick was a surprise. The rest of the, everything was a surprise. It was just some, everything was unpredictable and it was crazy. It's the craziest draft I ever watched. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't a surprise was the Jets taking Sauce Gart fourth pick overall. And by that, I mean my buddy Gaskin, Connor Gaskin, had a little inside tip. Friend of a 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 friend, you know how that goes. But he knew someone who knew the Jets GM's son. And he was so confident that they were taking Sauce Garter. So sure enough, I put a few bucks in on it. And man, when the Texans came up to pick and people were saying like, uh-oh, we have no idea what they're doing. They could take cornerback. They could take anyone. And I was like, oh, man, they might have not factored in the, the Texans just being, you know, 
random wild card, and sure enough, they took Stingley. So yeah. <laughs> got lucky there. But yeah, this this draft was bonkers, man. Like we thought we would get a Debo Samuel trade, and that would be the explosion. Baker, if someone Baker. were to tell me Debo Samuel isn't getting traded, and you're still going to see the best draft of your life, I, I'd be like, eh, probably not, but we'll see. But lo and behold, AJ Brown, then Hollywood Brown gets traded. Ah, oh, such a such a wild draft. From the fact that you know Trayvon was a thirty to one guy a few months ago, all the way up to the first overall pick, it just goes to show. Throw those mock drafts away right now. We all know you guys have your twenty twenty three mocks going on. Maybe one to two of those top ten players will be there. It's just so hard to tell. But man, uh, you guys ready to to dive into our first pick? I think we're ready. We all had a different first pick before the draft started. But I called it, baby. You can't see my hands, but I'm, I'm it's got a weird dream got no arms. going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like this comment. Well, how many years till the Lions win the Super Bowl? All right. So if the Lions are on pace, let's say this draft is a, a solid B-plus. Next year, we get another B-A draft. How realistically do you think Brad Holmes is – getting to you know i know it's want to talk playoffs first but is he getting there do you guys think there's a speck of light at the end of the tunnel or is this just another like nah we're just hoping for playoffs as long as holmes can get our playoff wins in the division good enough for me but nick super bowl five years realistic well i think our, our this team's window is five years. Um, I think if we can't make the Super Bowl within five years, this team will be blown up. From what we know, Glenn won't, Aaron Glenn won't be here anymore. Aubrey Pleasant probably won't be here anymore. Who knows if Campbell's here anymore, depending on where we're at. I think with Jared Goff at quarterback, playoffs is our peak. That is the most that we're going to be able to do. Um, I, I Honestly, I would say Lions need to be in the Super Bowl, need to be battling for the Super Bowl within the next three years. And that it can be with or without Jared Goff. But there is no five, six years from now. NFL's win now. We are, might not be win now, right now. But with the way Okuda's been looking on is coming up, with, with our draft, with the way we pushed up to get Jameson, it, this, we're putting ourselves into a situation where Jared Goff has to get us to the playoffs this year or he's gone. And regardless of that, we need to be winning playoff games and competing for the Super Bowl next year and the following year. If we aren't, this window will close very quickly, very quickly. So I'm going to say three years, Lions will be a Super Bowl champions. I, I agree. Bold take, but, you know, at least we can kind of see it as where <coughs> the Patricia Bob Quinn era, it was like super inconsistent. Yeah, we had a couple, you know, Galladay, Decker, Oria here and there, but it was like that was it, you know. And with Brad Holmes, we're really seeing a foundation and just the brains behind this guy. So, Julius, do you think Brad Holmes – I mean, a little bit different question, but do you think Brad Holmes is going to be our GM for the next 10 years? So I'm, I'm pretty confident he is. No. Ooh, interesting. I know it's it's tough because so much changes so fast. In 10 years, you would have if to. I had, if you put a gun in my head right now and asked me a question, I said no as a betting man because I don't trust the Lions yet. Exactly. What? I like Brad Holmes. I really do. I'm sorry for the extended pause. It was a kind of a mute moment that I have classically. But I like Brad Holmes. I really do. But I need to see it. I need to see it. And I'm going to say this a lot the next couple, couple shows with the recap is that I'm not totally sold yet. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm gonna say a lot of great things. I'm uh I really that I really like. Um, but I like I like Brad Holmes and I'm I'm very curious to see what happens. But like if you ask me about the future in 10 years from now with this Lions organization and the last 32 years of my existence as a Lions fan, I cannot make any promises anybody will be in-house. Yeah. <laughs> any respectable uh, Lions fan always has one foot out the door, ready to like ready oh, yeah. to take yeah. all the positive. That's how you stay the... sane, baby. That's how yeah. you stay sane. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, not a whole lot of news going on other than the draft with the Lions, but there was a little bit. Uh, Jeff Okuda posted more and more videos of him training, pretty much looking like a hundred percent. I mean, he's not doing NFL, you know, full pad contact, all the shebang. But, man, like for the OTA drills he's doing and little drills he's doing, he looks great. So, Julius, let me ask you another question here. 
If Jeff Okuda becomes a a top 10 cornerback in the NFL, just based off like passer rating or something simple like that, how good do you think the Lions defense can be? I mean, Jeff Okuda. I mean, if Jeff Okuda lives up to his pick by the previous regime, Bob Quinn, that picked him number three after a major injury like that, and he lives up to be like a top 10 corner in the NFL, the Lions defense will be one of the best in the NFL. We will be contenders. That's a huge X factor, actually, going forward is Jeff Okuda. How good is he? Is he not good at all? Is he going to flame out? Or is he going to arise? Is he really – I mean, he showed some flashes his rookie season. He had a rough situation being thrown out there like that uh, on a historically bad defense. He's going to get a chance, and if he's good – it changes a lot of things for the Lions secondary. Yeah, and then not to mention, I'm glad that we had, you know, our boys, A.J. Parker, Jerry Jacobs, and even Imani O step up because now Jeff Okuda, you know, I've reiterated this bunch. He doesn't have to be that dude. A luxury. Exactly. Maybe he can be that guy eventually, but as of right now, we're just quarterback three. I'll I'll take that and work your way up. Honestly, he's probably our biggest (sighs) – I would word it as he's like our biggest free agent signing this year, <laughs> right? Like he, we didn't see him last year. He, he is, we, we, we saw him in year one, but we didn't really get to see the true Jeff Okuda, in my opinion. This is going to be our biggest free agent signing. Bigger than DJ Sharp, bigger, bigger than, um, my God, I can't remember our linebacker or our cornerback that we drafted, Broad or Board, and then Mike Q. Board, yeah. Whoever it is that we sign, uh, one of the five people we sign in the offseason, this is the biggest one because Okuda can literally step in as a as the starting cornerback for the team over Iffy, over Amanio. Like he could be a, a, a thirty a twenty million dollar a year contract signing without giving him the contract, but play up to that potential. Because if you look at it, just prospects coming out: Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley. They would not have graded better than Jeff Okuda coming out. Coming out, you put Okuda with those same class, Okuda was would be the number three pick still by Houston. Like, he he was that good coming out. He really was. Like, it wasn't a reach to get him at three, right? That it may be a reach to get a cornerback at three, but him, personally, he hasn't lived up to it, but he has that potential. It's not like getting Jerry Jacobs back from an ACL injury, who I love Jerry Jacobs, but, like, getting him back, like, you really don't know what you're going to get. Well, Okuda, you, you might not know, but it seems like it should be top-tier talent. Like, we're hoping. I, I'm hoping. But. Yeah, see, Okuda, for me, he is literally, like, icing on the cake. So, like, lines are having a big old party. We got a delicious cake. And then someone's like, oh, the icing. Bring the icing out. Chef comes out. He can either come out with a big old bag of icing, or he could just bring another whole damn cake. And by that, I mean Jeff Okuda could just be that, like, second cake that is just more than icing, you know? So What's better than one cake? Two two cakes. cakes. Exactly. (laughs) 100%, man. Um, Okuda, and not to mention, I know Achilles is, like, probably one of the worst injuries or, like, tears you can have. But we just saw Cam Akers come back the same season he tore his AC, his Achilles. I know it's, you know, different position running back, but still, you still have to be explosive. You still have to make your cuts, your breaks, and all that. And honestly, he, he didn't look terrible. He didn't look washed. He looked decent. He had some, you know, burst some moments. He actually played pretty good in a couple playoff games. So, it's going to be – Science one, Achilles zero. No, I know. And it would be It would be a huge victory for the Lions if – the Achilles just slowly, you know, became the ACL, and the ACL slowly became like a mild sprain, you know? <laughs> oh, you tore your ACL? You'll be back in a couple of weeks. Don't worry. That would be crazy. But science is going that way. It's where the Achilles is no longer a career-ending injury. In fact, it might not even be a season-ending injury if you ask Cam Akers, depending on when it happens. Like, we'll see if Ojabo plays the end of this year if Philly makes a big run. Not to mention um, – more makes a run. Uh, Romeo Okora, I believe. One of the, I'm pretty sure it's Romeo who tore his Achilles. Yeah, um, Romeo Okora. We'll see him back this year. Yeah, another great free agent signing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's another little sneaky. We had, we didn't see him at all last year. We didn't see him a single play yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, but boys, uh, enough of the talking players that have been on the Lions. Let's talk <laughs> about some of the new Detroit Lions, and let's kick it off with the first number two overall pick. 
Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Uh, will I brag that I called this right? Yes. But will I admit that my bias helped out a little bit? Yes. <laughs> but am I happy that we got Aiden Hutchinson? Yes. So with all that being said, let's take it to our Michigan man, Julius. I know you're a big Aiden Hutchinson guy. When the Lions were on the, the, the clock and we turned in our draft cards so fast, did you know? Because I, I kind of knew that, like, this was this is Hutch. Like, I they would take a minute for Kayvon, talk to everyone, be like, are we sure? You know, but they did it so fast. No, I did not. I did not trust the Lions. In that moment when the Jaguars it's took Kayvon Walker, when they announced Walker's name, I lost my mind because I did not trust the Lions until I heard Aiden Hutchinson's name. Because it's the Lions. I was just talking about this. You know what I'm saying? This is a, I have a I have a broken trust with this franchise. So I would I didn't know if they was about to draft Sauce Gardner or Malik Willis or uh Drake London. Uh I don't know who I don't they trade back, but I wanted Aiden. And and I I was just hoping that no trade was announced or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And then Roger Goodell came up to the podium and I waited for the name and then got the name. And it was the right one. And I'm very glad that they picked that name because it was the right move to make. I mean, the Jaguars, he's, this guy was being mocked to the Jaguars all year. We didn't even think we was going to get him. The reason I didn't predict the Lions were going to get him is because I didn't think they were going to get him. I predicted the Lions were going to draft Trayvon Walker. So I was very happy that they did get him. Uh, I think he's going to be better than Trayvon Walker. I think he's going to prove to be the better player. He's going to be a franchise cornerstone for the Lions, similar to Panay Sewell. Uh, on the offensive line last year, and that pick is two straight years, A-plus grade on their first pick by the Lions, from in my point of view. And two-plus years where, you know, winning extra games didn't cost us anything because there was a lot of people that were – it was like the Falcons game when Todd Gurley fell into the end zone and the Lions won. And we were like, oh, if we would have lost, we would have had uh, Sewell locked up, you know, but – now we have to wait and see what the Bengals do. Well, we won the game. Bengals took chase, and we got Sewell. Same thing happens this year. We're playing the Packers. All Lions fan base is like, no, nah, I don't want to beat the Packers. I want the better draft pick. Then people are, I want to beat the Packers. They're the biggest rival we have. And lo and behold, we get the old double whammy again. So Lions fans, just root for your team and worry about it when the draft comes. But, Nick, let's take it to you. Um, Lions are up on the pick. Number two, you just saw Trayvon Walker come off the board. Were you were you pretty confident that they were going Hutch, or were you still like, oh, what are we? What's going on here? I was pretty confident they were going to get Thibodeau, um, and I went on record saying I liked Thibodeau more than Hutchinson, and I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, and I'll eat crow if that ends up being wrong. But in two, three years, when we, when, you know, let's let's just, I'm interested. I'm I'm still I'm I'm very interested. I, I I think Aiden's got the highest motor, but I think Kayvon has the highest ceiling. But we'll see what happens with Aiden. First and foremost, hail to the victors. Yeah. Hail to the, I don't know anymore. Then. But uh, Michigan pride, man. Michigan pride. Let's go Wolverines. It was a good pick. 14 and a half sacks his senior year. Two forced fumbles. Three pass deflections, which is huge for the NFL when your edge can get multiple pass deflections in a season. Um, just listen to the Lions defensive line real quick, guys. Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Pascal, who if you don't know, keep listening. Charles Harris, Romeo Okora, Julian Okora, Michael Brockers, Aleem McNeil, Levi Anzawerki. This defensive line has now become one of the stoutest in the NFL on paper. And if we can show that we can get after the quarterback hot and heavy, our cornerbacks, whether it be Okuda or Jacobs or Amani, Deshaun Elliott, Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph in the safety position, even our linebackers, every single person on our defense and our fans will all be better off because our defense line is being built the proper way, just like Brad Holmes said he would do and Dan Campbell said he would do, and they're doing it. Now, Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know if you guys know this. We actually didn't talk about Aiden Hutchinson a lot on this show. In fact, I felt like anytime we brought him up, we tried to kind of not talk about him because we almost didn't want to jinx it, get ourselves too excited. We we basically, anytime Aiden Hutchinson got brought up or who to draft got brought up, like in the beginning, maybe we talked a little bit Aiden or Kayvon, and then basically we were like, well, Aiden's going to Jacksonville. Let's just talk about every other player coming out of this draft, except for Aiden Hutchinson, because there's literally 0% chance that the Jaguars don't draft Aiden Hutchinson. Well, we didn't even mock him in our mock. No, yeah. we 
We're, we we did allow ourselves. It came to the point where Trayvon Walker was a heavy favorite to Jacksonville, and we still did mock him. We wouldn't believe it, man. We wouldn't believe. We wouldn't let. We we've been fooled before, and we weren't going to get fooled again. Well, now we get to talk about Aiden Hutchinson, and in fact, we'll probably talk everyone's ears off of Aiden Hutchinson for the next six months. And I'm sorry about that. But a few things we don't know about Aiden Hutchinson. This is just about the combine. We, I brought up his 14 and a half sacks. We've seen it on the field, right? A lot of times, got like Trayvon Walker. He's a great combine athlete. A great has great measurables. Sometimes people are great on the field. It's it's not often that they come together. For the combine, Aiden Hutchinson had 6.73 three cone shuttle drill, which was the third fastest at the combine. The only two people who did a better three cone drill was two wide receivers, both of them a foot shorter and 90 pounds less. But let's just go in a little bit. Let's even break it down to the short shuttle. The short shuttle, quick, 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 4.15 short shuttle drill was the fifth best by anyone at the entire combine. Only people to beat him, two receivers, two cornerbacks. This guy's feet and burst and ability to left, right, left, right, follow with, Play action, boom, 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 is is immaculate, and that's what we're gonna see. We are not gonna. I don't think we're gonna see Aiden Hutchinson overpower too many offensive linemen. I really just don't think we're gonna get that. We'll get a few, but I think what we're gonna see more is his stop and goes, his Smith, his spins, his swims, everything. He's the most technical, it, it like freak there is, and and it's gonna be fun to watch him. I think we're gonna do great things with him. And he is literally he, – he has the potential to be that cornerstone for our defense. And to see him and Panay go up against each other in practice day in and day out could legitimately make those two the best in the entire game at their position because you have to practice against the best to be the best. And for the longest time, we haven't had the best on our teams in the trenches, so we were never practicing against the best. So when we came up against the Aaron Donalds, we weren't ready for that, but now we're ready. We're, we've built this, and, and I'm, I'm in love with the pick. I did want Kayvon more. I did think we'd get Kayvon, and I loved Kayvon Thibodeau getting drafted and the New York Giants fan just freaking out on the stage with them. So much fun and so much excitement. I hope the best for Thibodeau's career, but Aiden, it's going to be a beast, and I'm ex- like, I'm going to ask this question. I'll answer it, and then I'll ask you guys. I'm expecting 10 to 15 sacks rookie year. Rookie year, I want ten to fifteen sacks, and in fact, I don't want anything less. But what do you guys think? We what's realistic for him? Um, I would put him at like I think his over under is going to be right around like seven to eight, which was Chase Young finished with seven and a half. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty similar. I think um, I didn't look up the Bosa brothers, but pretty sure both of them did ten or eleven ish. So. uh I think he's right in between, you know, like Bosa and, and Chase Young comparison. Hodgson, you nailed it, Nick. He is that guy that will always be on the ball. You'll see, you know, Dalvin Cook take it to the right edge all the way to the outside. And then you'll see Hutchinson tackle him, you know, 20 yards down the field, saving a touchdown run. So it's little things like that that I'm excited to see about him. Um, he kind of gives me, you know, Ziggy Ansa vibes just from his, like, physicality and just his athletic nature so to see him on the lions it's gonna be fun uh he might be my first lions jersey i've bought in a while uh i know my last one was i don't remember i was calvin johnson but um yeah how, okay well last question before we move on to our next guy nick how just like happy jaw drop shocked whatever would you feel if you saw a reports come out in training camp that said Aiden Hutchinson is repeatedly dominating Panay Sewell in practice. I, it, that would be a, that, that would be tough to read because I don't want it, Sewell it, to get down. Yeah. Not even Aiden. Like I, 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 I would be happy and I'd be nervous. I'm not going to lie. I want it to be uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Panay Sewell have the hardest battle, both winning 50, 50, on the toughest battle every single day. Like, that's what I want. You know what I mean? I don't want Aiden to be, like, unless, unless Penny's just, I don't know, I'd be scared of that article. 
I'd be scared. <laughs> Don't read into that article. Don't read into that article. Matter of fact, there's going to be a lot of articles like that. There will and the be. fact that you mentioned that they Panay Sewell and uh, Hutchison could both become superstars, we're going to have to end up paying both of them too. And I'm cool with that, but they're going to become a big part of our cap in the future. And any reports of one of the other just dominating the other in practice, it should go back and forth. It should go back and forth. I should hear about it here. I should hear about it there. Hutchison is a rookie. I connect, I expect him, I probably expect Pineda, you know, do some work on him, but still get a challenge. Back to the original question. I do expect Hutchison to uh, be a defensive rookie of the year candidate right off the bat. I wouldn't be surprised if he had double-digit sacks by the sheer lack of pass rush options on the Lions as is. Uh, I mean, Charles Harris is our best pass rusher last year by a country mile. And uh, eight, it, seven and a half? Was it 10? Oh, no, it was like seven. Was it seven? Yeah, something like that. But uh, is it a is is it a far fetch to think that Aiden Hutchison, uh, the best pass rusher in college, all of college football last season could come in and immediately do work on the Lions defensive line? No, it's not. Not in my mind. So I expect him to I wouldn't I expect him to be a defensive rookie of the year candidate first year. And just I want to share with the listeners real quick the burst. The burst of anxiety and excitement in the first five seconds after I heard Trayvon Walker get selected, I sent this to the Honolulu Blues group chat. Yes. Yes, let's go. Let's go, Aiden. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I was listening to it. Yeah. I lost it. It was great. That's dope. That is awesome. Yeah. If you, it, my, my, I always heard, if you're not clutch, you're not much. Well, if you're not hutch, you're not much, in my opinion, right now. So. <laughs> I like that. There you go. We should uh, put that on a t-shirt or something. You ain't hutch. You ain't much. Um, all right. Last question. I know I just said last question. But, uh, Nick, we know we're the Detroit Lions. We have to take every pick with a grain of salt. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, what is his floor? So, if he's just, you know, not that dude, what's – What's, you know, the worst he could get? Is it, you know, a contributor? Is it a complete bust? I think he's got, he can, uh, yeah, I think this is the draft of, of really no, he might have the safest floor. And even that's not that safe, in my opinion. He, he legitimately could be a two, you know, two sacks over the next two years. Like he, he could, it could turn out that Julian Okora just outworks him, right? Was so mad he didn't get a lot and he just outworks him. Josh Paschal ends up being the best draft pick of the class. Right there's there is a a a, a, a path of multiverse where Aiden Hutchinson isn't that good, and that's kind of why I mean that's how every player was. That's why this draft was so crazy. That's kind of why like I almost wanted Kayvon Thibodeau because I thought his ceiling was higher, even though his floor was lower. Um, I didn't think his floor was that much lower than Aiden's, but his ceiling was a little bit more higher than than Aiden's. But uh, again, we'll see how that goes. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um... There is a small world where he just he just gets dominated by, you know, NFL talent. And we kind of saw a bit of it in that Georgia game, but we saw what happened with Georgia in the NFL draft. I know a bunch of them were defensive players, but still, they had talent on both sides of the ball. So, Julius. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say real quick, if because you had mentioned he is definitely rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. If he doesn't win defensive rookie of the year, I'll be very sad. Like he he has to. You are the really? number two draft pick, and you're better than the number one draft pick, especially for rookie of the year, right? Trayvon Walker was drafted because he's a, he's raw and he's got this potential, and in ten years he can be Reggie White. But right now, this year, Aiden Hutchinson had the best sack production out of everyone coming out. Right? If Jermaine Johnson wins defensive rookie, of the, if Devin Lloyd, the twenty seventh pick, wins rookie of the year, and you don't as the number two pick, if Kayvon Thibodeau with the Giants wins rookie of the year and Aiden Hutchinson doesn't, that's that's a bad pick. I don't care that he's a Detroit guy. That's a bad pick. When you're the number two pick in the NFL draft, going to a team that desperately needs you to be amazing, you need to win rookie of the year. And I, I will give zero, just like I'm giving the Lions, zero excuses for them not to make the playoffs this year. You have seven games against rookie head coaches. We know the Minnesota GM is is – a clueless clown, right? You need to beat them. You need to win these games. There is zero excuses. Do not give me 
than Jared Goff. We're still rebuilding. 2024. None of that and nothing for Aiden either. I'm, I'll be happy. Rainbows and unicorns for Aiden Hutchinson. But the second he finishes this year with five sacks and Kayvon Thibodeau has 12, I'm coming right back to this podcast and the previous podcast. And I'm going to say this is what we drafted. So Aiden has to go out there and get 10. And that's why I said I expect him to get 10 to 15 sacks. Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't, this first year is a bust. It's plain, plain and simple. I don't need a role player with the number two overall pick. I don't want that. We don't need that. We need a super freaking star. And he has to do it. He has to do it. No, I hope he can do it. No, or maybe he has to I like do it. it. Hold him accountable, Nick. I, I like it. You know, yeah. and, and honestly, real quick, Julius, Hutch is the type of guy that would – he knows he has to do it. You know, he knows he has to be that dude. He was at Michigan, so I could see it. But, Julius, uh, real quick, what, give me some of your comments. And then what is Hutchinson's floor to you? I mean, I kind of think Nick is being a little harsh with his statement. With See, Aiden Hutchinson is always going to be compared to Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau, the mates that he was drafted with in the top five picks of the NFL draft. Uh, however, I think that a situation could arise his rookie season where he's highly effective. You know, uh, I'm talking about a floor of, you know, seven, eight, nine sacks and a a great run defense um, uh, plus on our defensive line. Like he makes our run defense better because that's something he did at Michigan uh, that I expect him to do right away in the NFL. So if if he has a good rookie season but doesn't win defensive rookie of the year because let's say Trayvon Walker has 12 sacks, it could be like Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. That's combined. Trayvon Walker doesn't know how to get 12 sacks. That's not going to happen. But if someone – You say that, that but if don't talk about the number one overall pick, the dude could have 12 sacks his first season. Trayvon Walker could do that. I mean, that's the reason they drafted him because they thought that he's a superstar. So if Trayvon Walker busts out for 12 sacks his rookie year, I'm not surprised. But if it could be – I was about to make the NBA comparison with Kay Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. All three had great rookie years. And it was very hard to select the rookie of the year. K didn't win it. I thought he got, you know, I thought he got pulled forward. But I understand with the other great performances by the guys that were drafted not too far after him. So, you know, I, I think it's a little harsh to say defensive rookie year or bust. And not to mention, I want to say like the first like seven picks were all defensive play for Well, no. Because there was a couple offensive linemen, but the first five. No I, defensive players picked. Mika Parsons was like one of the first, other than like J.C. Horn at cornerback at eight, right? No, I'm talking this draft. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant last year. My bad. Uh, no, but yeah, I agree with you, Julius. Um, Hutch, although it would be great to see him win defense player, rookie defense player of the year, I don't think he necessarily has to do it just because there's a lot of tough competition. He could have a season where, you know. I'll play a little devil's advocate, Nick. If if Hutch has a defensive rookie of the year season, but the media just hates the Lions and they just don't even respect him for it, if he if he in your eyes is defensive rookie of the year, is that like good no. enough for? Defense? And that's what I was gonna say. Like Cade should have won it, and just because the, the, they don't know how to vote, you know what I mean? Same thing. Like yeah, if 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 if, if Aiden's in the conversation and in all of Detroit's eyes, we're bringing up stats. We're like, what are you talking about? The last twelve games, he led all rookies in sacks, right? Like Cade, or you know, this and that, and this and that, and and they're just like, mm, Kayvon Thibodeau plays in New York, and we love New York, so give it to Thibodeau. Then it's like, yeah, 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 okay, for sure. But I'm saying if Kayvon Thibodeau finishes with twelve, Mika Parsons had thirteen sacks last year to win rookie of the year. Okay, that's probably what it's going to take. If Kayvon Thibodeau finishes with 13, Trayvon Walker finishes with 12, and Aiden Hutchinson finishes with six, and he's not in the conversation, that's bust. Yeah. Now, it's so you can't really say bust after one year, but that's like that. It's not, we just can't have that. That's the first red flag. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say bust, but that's like, that's not good. That is not good, right? He had what, 14 and a half sacks his senior year, okay? Seven in the last five games, I believe. If if he doesn't have that, like then I don't know what we're doing right now. And yes, Kate did get absolutely absolutely robbed. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. 
in Detroit versus everybody. Did you see those? The, I I saw see on Twitter. We're getting into a Pistons rant. There was these like bobbleheads, right? Whatever. There's these like pretty cool bobbleheads. They come out with different series every whatever. They came out with the the rookie All Star series or whatever it was. All the top rookies except for Kate Cunningham. It was like yeah. ten bobbleheads. And yeah, man, I mean, you can find it on Twitter because I commented on it, and I was like, this site's trash, dude. I'm telling you, people just don't like Detroit. So that, and if that happens for Aiden, that's a whole that yes, that's a whole different. But I need I need him to be right there, right there. Breaking news: the NBA is trash. <laughs> I'm just sure. Uh, yeah, don't fault you there. But uh, before we get to our next guy, I just want to bring up something that was absolutely insane. Um, in the the Sugar Bowl, yeah, maybe it's the Orange Bowl. I don't know. Whatever the Michigan uh, Georgia bowl game was there was eight defensive players selected in the first round from both teams and one of them was a first round talent in the kobe dean but had so shoulder injury of that whole fiasco so man uh eight dudes i mean six were for georgia two for michigan but still uh what what a talented you know like game that was yeah that was crazy but, boys, uh, without further ado, let's bring up probably the swaggiest player we've drafted in quite some time. The, you know, just modern-day type wide receiver. Not calm, quiet. He knows who he is. He wants to be respected. That's Jameson Williams from Alabama. A guy who tore his ACL and I want to say, was like one of the last few games of the season – and he was a guy, wasn't it? It was the last game. I, yeah, that's what, I thought it was either the last game or the bowl game. The SEC championship game. Cha- okay. Oh, it was the SEC <laughs> championship. Okay. Gotcha. Anyways, um, yeah. So he was looked at as by not should maybe not by far, but he was looked at as the best wide receiver coming out when healthy. Tears ACL and now things change. But we mentioned earlier on this podcast that ACL injuries aren't the same as what they were. And so, yes, you do have to be, you know, cautionary to it and, you know, take it as it is. But, man, if he can return to, a like, a 100%, like, this ACL didn't even happen by even, like, week eight. And that's, you know, giving him as much time as he needs. Then, man, this, this draft pick could be the best one in a minute. And this was a pick I was, after the trade, after I saw Jameson Williams, I wanted to be Malik. I was so was so confident it was gonna be, but honestly, I think I'm I'm starting to like our new Alabama wide receiver. So, Julius, um, give me your initial reaction when Lions made that trade, and then you see him wide receiver. My initial reaction was very similar to my initial reaction to when the Jacksonville Jaguars passed on Aiden Hutchinson. I was very shocked and I could not believe that the Detroit Lions were trading up back into the first half of the first round to get a player. That's like something that does not happen in our draft world. We usually have a high draft pick or wherever. We don't do much trading. If we do, we trade down a little. We don't usually trade up aggressively like that. That was a very Brad Holmes thing, I think. And I was impressed. I think he went and got a very, very good player in Jameson Williams, who was the number one receiver on my board and many boards. And I'm not worried about the ACL because I looked into it extensively. It's it's a mild, it was a mild tear on the mild side of tears. And the technology that he's using when the doctors he's um, using, I forgot the name of the doctor, is very common. Man, they got like a quick timetable. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy is on the field by preseason. You know, I honestly wouldn't. He, so that's what he ex- he says he expects to be there for OTAs, which is that might be a little generous. You know, oh, he might yeah. be, he might be shooting for the stars. But hey, if he's back on the field this season, full strength, we're getting a guy that's the fastest player in this draft. He runs insane routes. It's very Tyreek Hillish, but he's taller. And so he can just bust the top open. And to open things up for the guys like Amon Ra, TJ Hawkinson, DJ Shark, DeAndre Swift, it's going to get crazy. And I'm very, very excited. I This changes my outlook just a little bit about Jared Goff and the type of season that he can have in Detroit coming up. If our offensive line is stable and we're healthy, Jameson Williams could also be an offensive rookie of the year candidate 
I gave this pick also an A+. Plus. First time in my 32 years on this planet that I gave the Lions two A-plus first-round picks. I can't believe it. Well, not to mention, it's not even just like, you know, the A-plus, the player that we got. It's just the fact that Brad Holmes, you know, pulled the trigger. He gave us two top 15 draft picks, something we haven't had since, like, I was 1957, I believe, or it was, it was a ridiculously long time ago. And this just goes to show that Brad Holmes is changing the culture, and he's changing it into the right way. So, man, when we traded up, it was it was really nice to not just see that, you know, Lions fans were starting to get on board, but we saw, like, tons of media. We saw Chris Sims, Colin Coward, all sorts of, you know, Sports Nation, you know, uh, around the horn, all those guys that are normally dog in the lions and would normally say, what are they doing? They, they just got a wide receiver in the fourth round last year. They don't need to trade up, blah, 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 blah. So for the media to be respecting Detroit, that is just huge. And the fact that, you know, when it came down to it, I made a tweet that said, I feel like Brad Holmes is going to get his guy at 46 and it's going to be the same guy he wanted at 34. And I can't say for certain that um, Josh Pascal was the dude, but it it kind of seems like it. So, Nick, this Jameson Williams pick, give me give me your initial reaction and what you think about it. Oh, well, 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 Julius. <laughs> the classic Mike, the classic mute. Damn, because my cat was yelling at me over here. I had to go <laughs> shut the cat up. Going outside. Oh man. My jaw dropped, right? Bodies didn't hit the floor. Nick's jaw hit the floor on Thursday. This blew my mind. I didn't know. I, I, honestly, I wanted us. I know I've been preaching for Leek Willis, but I was really hoping we were trading up with Kyle Hamilton because, honestly, if we would have been able to add Kyle Hamilton along with Aiden Hutchinson, the defense would be gnarly. But we need wide receiver help, and I preached that all off season, I was like, what did I say? What was it? If the Lions would have just scored 27 points or more in every game, we'd have finished like 10 and 7 or whatever it was. We needed offense. I have been saying, telling everyone our defense wasn't as bad as what everyone thought. It was that our offense was so bad. It never never gave our defense time to like catch their breath. We, like Our offense was just abysmal. Desperately, terribly, amazingly bad. Bad really bad like we were really bad at offense we did not know what we were doing jared goff looked like he was a fish out of water the entire season until the very final few games right we didn't know what we were doing jared goff can't throw a deep ball this guy's tyree kill 2.0 but we're not going to use him for his deep ball one of some of the best yards after catching that in, in college football coming out that's what we're going to do you're going to see we're going to see a debo style with him screens, sweeps, plays drawn up to get Jamison the ball within three yards. Because God knows that's all Jared Goff can throw on accurate is a three-yard slant. And so once he does that and he can hit J Jameson Williams in the numbers, you let Jay Will run. So I'm, I'm excited for this draft pick for what he can do for Jared Goff. If Jared Goff isn't here next year, I do want to see where this Jamison Williams team go. He, he's the best receiver my, on my board, right? So he comes in, puts up 1,570 yards, is his only year with Alabama, only year, uh, 15 touchdowns, 20 yards per catch, led the SEC in all those categories. He had 200 more receiving yards than Devontae Smith did his, his junior year before he had this breakout senior year. He had one and a half more yards per catch than Devontae Smith his junior year. He had one more touchdown to, did than Devontae Smith his junior year. Let's not forget Jamison Williams is also a junior. If Jameson would have stayed his senior year with Bryce Young, he would have smashed everything Devontae Smith just did in his Heisman winning season next year. Guaranteed. The kid's a freak. The kid is a freak. Let's see. Jameson Williams' dad ran track along with Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams set the Missouri high school record for the 300-meter hurdle, beating out Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. Was quoted as saying he would have ran the fastest 40 time in the entire history of the combine. I love that confidence. And I believe, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I have amazing returner. And I saw a stat somewhere where it was like five return touchdowns or like 
anytime he touched the ball as a returner, he like scored. It was something crazy like that. Like he, the dude's just fast. He's a cheetah. He's Tyree Kill 2.0. That's what we drafted. However, Tyree Kill was drafted in like the fifth round. The value is way different. It's way different. We're gonna have to pay Jameson Williams. It's a good thing we got him in the first round. Get that fifth-year contract. Get that fifth-year, uh, you know, that team contract right there. That option, excuse me. Jameson Williams probably the best receiver on the board. You had to get one of those top four. The different, a big, big thing to test this draft pick, in my opinion, will be this. Christian Watson was drafted the second pick in the second round by the Green Bay Packers. We'll see him often in two years. I actually think it was with our pick because the Vikings traded. Yeah. It was absolutely with that. 34. Yeah. So that's the big thing. We could have got Lewis Seen and Christian Watson without trading up for Jamison Williams. And I saw a street. Everyone was like, aren't you, don't you look dumb that you were rooting against the Rams not to win the Super Bowl? And when that, that draft pick didn't even matter. And I was like, no, that is the dumbest way to look at this. Because if the Rams would have just had the 13th pick, we would have never had to make this trade. And we could have just got Jamison Williams. But regardless, next year. Next, next year. Next year. Next year. <laughs> So we could have had Watson, we could have had Seen, right? And we could have, would have not just had Jameis Williams. The, the big outlier of this is what we had talked about earlier and how Aiden Hutchinson will be compared to Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau because that's the class he came in with. Jameis Williams can be compared to receivers with, like in his class. But I'm going to compare him to Christian Watson. So two different receivers, but their stats and their numbers and their legacy two to three years into the year, their NFL careers is going to be a huge telling mark. As of right now, I'm still a Detroit Lions fan, and I'm still extremely gun-shy in drafting a wide receiver in the first round. It worked out once for us, and my God, that once was phenomenal. But are we just here to forget Mike Williams and Roy Williams and Charles Rogers and this slew of wide receiver corpses that we drafted 20 years ago? And it's, sure, out of sight, out of mind, half the people that listen to us probably weren't even alive for that point. Adam was still sucking his thumb, you know what I mean? Like, we, I get that. We're in a new era now. We need receivers. But look, you don't see the Rams trading up to the first round pick to get one of these top four guys, okay? Like, Jamar Chase was huge for Cincinnati, and that's what we need Jamison Williams to be. The fact is, Joe Burrow and Jared Goff are on two freaking different planets. And for you to sit here and be like, not you, but like for anyone to sit here and think, well, Jamison Williams should do exactly what Jamar Chase did for the Bengals. No, we do not have a good quarterback. And for everyone who was like, Jared Goff won two games. He won a game and a half. He won a game and a half, dude. The Bankers. He went to the Super Bowl. What? He went to the Super Bowl with the Rams. No, Sean McVay took him to the Super Bowl. He he didn't do shit. Jared Goff is a terrible. His stats say otherwise. He was a pro Dan Campbell is not as good as coach as Sean McVay. I'm sorry. He used the weapons and the system and had successful games. In he the had LA. Todd Gurley rush for 20 touchdowns before him. That can happen Vince again. not going to give him that. It can happen again. It can't happen again. You got so it, it can happen again. What the no, Lions just can't, need you, to do. You can't just be like. <laughs> this Dilfer. is a, this is a debate right here. You can't be like Trent Dilfer got the Ravens to the Super Bowl and won him a Super Bowl. No. 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 He did not. Brad Johnson was a terrible quarterback but won a Super Bowl. With her. I don't like that. All that was a different play. You need to look at the player. And Jared Goff, we saw him. He's not good. He's really, really good when our defense holds teams to under 10 points. Great. Great. Don't Can't be surprised, it. Nick, if Jared Goff has a 4,540 touchdown, 15 interception season with the Detroit Lions in the next two seasons. Don't be surprised because he's you done it. Put the crack down, my brother. What are we doing out there in Dallas? Golly gee. Oh, my God. That won't make him a good quarterback, though, because he did the similar stuff for a few seasons in L.A. He put up stats, but he wasn't good anyways. But they won games. It could happen in Detroit. Sure. And while we're talking sure. Jared Goff. He, he just put – go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> ranting over here. Go ahead. No, talking about Jared, Jared Goff right Goff. now. <laughs> but just one thing that, you know, I noticed is Brad Holmes, like two months or so or whatever – there was a report that came out. He wants to surround Jared Goff with weapons. Then yeah. what do we do? We go out. I want to say it was like right before we signed DJ Chark. And then we signed him. And then we brought in Jameson Williams. And we're starting to, you know, do what Brad Holmes said. So I'm not nothing to do with Jared Goff. 
But now when Brad Holmes speaks on other things, is he a GM that's like, he, he, he'll just say it. He tells it how it is. He's not trying to hide and, you know, trick you. Yeah, no, he's wrong. My brother's wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Here's, here's the, I saw this, right? And I saw what you said. And then, I believe it was a quote or maybe it was a tweet or whatever it was. It was like, if we surround, there's something paraphrasing. If we surround Jared Goff with elite talent, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If you surround Sam Darnold with elite talent, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Baker Mayfield could have been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like it, like it, all it comes down to is if you surround a quarterback with NFL talent, the dude's gonna most likely be very successful. Okay. If you surround someone with a really bad cast, he's gonna look really bad. Like that's just the NFL. Yeah, we need to give Jared Goff every elite. Tom Brady, tell me. Four elite receivers Tom Brady had when he won six Super Bowls. Randy Moss, Troy freaking Smith. I don't know. Deion Branch. Deion Branch, of course. Who are we? You don't need. Wes Welker. Who? Wes Welker. Okay, so two, right? That's what we came up with. Randy Moss, Wes Welker. What elite running backs did he have? Julian Edelman. <laughs> sure. That, that's another thing. Garrett Blount. <laughs> Like, he doesn't, he didn't have, got, like, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, you would, I would rather have a, an extremely good quarterback and no talent around him than a shitty quarterback and a ton of talent. Now, obviously, I want a good quarterback and a ton of talent around him, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, you can win with a good quarterback and a bad team. Watch Patrick Mahomes go out this year with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Sky Moore and, and 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 Travis Kelsey, right? That's not elite talent. Travis Kelsey's pretty elite, but other than that, no one there is elite, right? Juju is not elite. MBS is so not elite that Aaron Rodgers didn't even want him back. He's gonna do really good. The Chiefs are still probably gonna win that division over the, the new Devontae Adams Rams, over Justin Herbert and the Chargers, over Russell Wilson and the Broncos. It'll still probably be the Chiefs that win that division. And you know why? Because Van Holmes is an amazing quarterback. Jared Goff is not. And I know this is a draft talk, and I don't know how we got so much on Jared Goff here, but I'm telling you, we'll cycle this all around. James Williams only as good as Jared Goff. And I'm 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 excited, but honestly, I would have rather had Kyle Hamilton, and or maybe Christian Watson and Lewis. But okay, is Jared Goff? He's not here for the future because there's a a huge likely scenario where the Lions build this team. Jared Goff isn't it. And right. Brad Holmes looks and says, you know, if I want to trade three first-rounders and get an elite quarterback, I probably could do it. If right. it's getting the 101 in Bryce Young, Jameson Williams' old quarterback, or, you know, trading for a guy like Deshaun Watson who just wants out because you know there's going to be a couple quarterbacks that are unhappy with the situation. And we're already starting to see it with Lamar Jackson, former MVP. I know you're not a big fan, Nick, but – uh, it's guys like that, you know, they get unhappy GMs do business decisions and it, it makes, you know, sometimes star player upset. So it'll yeah, be interesting. I'm not trying to say like my dad's over here. Like there was no, I'm not trying to say we should have drafted a quarterback. What I'm saying is why you draft this expensive ass Lamborghini when you live in a trailer park. I think we bought we this Lamborghini knowing that Brad Holmes has tickets. SUVs that can take care of the team. <laughs> We could have made a whole show about Jared Goff's outlook next season. Now I'll be excited. I'll be. I'll be very excited. Let's I'll move on to this to the second round. <laughs> we are definitely not even going to get to Josh Passel. This was no, a round one. No way, way we're not for no sure. <laughs> this well, was a first yeah, round. We'll tease. Show. We'll tease yeah. our boy Passel, and we'll get a good Passel Kirby start to next week's episode. I gotta say this. I had one thing for Josh Passel, real quick. Kentucky Derby might be next weekend. But we already know the real winner from Kentucky, Josh Pascal. See, if I would have waited until next week, the Derby would have already been over. I wouldn't have been able to use that. I had I had to get one Kentucky Derby reference in from us drafting. I like it. I like it. I got a I got a teaser for next week, Josh Pascal too. I like the Aaron Donald comparisons that's floating around about him. I like him, and I looked into it, and it makes some sense. We'll talk about it next week. I got a lot of stuff on him and Kirby. I can't wait to talk about. We'll probably finish up the whole rest of the draft because after that, you start to get to some some of the low names. You really got to dig and do some research on. <laughs> I agree. But we love and we love. You know, while we have a couple few minutes left, um, Jameson Williams. You know, not just the fact that he's like an elite player, but where he's coming from. 
and I mean Alabama, in which they have been the latest wide receiver you producing like Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, some of the other guys. I've missed like a bunch, but you guys know them all. And then you could even play the devil's advocate of saying, oh, no, he committed to Ohio State. He played for Ohio State. Well, we just saw two Ohio State first-round wide receivers. They also have that Jackson and Joe Gibby guy, whatever, who was probably going to be a first-rounder next year. And then not to mention, they had another you know, elite wide receiver, Michael Thomas, just a couple of years ago. So, And there's a really elite quarterback that transferred out of Ohio State and ended up doing really well and now went to the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl last year. Um, also, I want to say on Jameson Williams real quick, one thing that bugged me, can I bring up something that bugged me? Were you guys watching the whole draft? Did you guys watch the whole Jameson Williams like draft, watch him walk up? A walk little up. bit. Are you going to talk about when he got it. upset when his, when the Detroit got called? Not particularly. What I was going to get brought up, which actually that kind of goes to it now because now there's two. When, when he gets his hat and he goes and hugs Goodell and they're like, oh, Jameson Williams, he's great. And he goes and talks to that blonde lady who was interviewing everyone. And she goes, you were just drafted, you know, by Detroit, paraphrasing. What do you think about that? And he goes, I don't want to speak on that right now. And that was it. Oh, I didn't I didn't know about that. And I tried to find it everywhere online. I can't find it. I wish I would have just recorded it myself. But he goes like, and, it, and she asks like something like, how do you feel about going to Detroit or something like that? And he goes, I can't comment on that right now. And then she goes, well, a man of few words. And he walks away. And that's it. <laughs> well, I don't know. And did you see the press conference? Aiden Hutchinson holding up, smiling, and Jay no. Wills like, he's mean about it. Now, he's game-facing. Now, I get this. But I'm just saying there's been, man, like, I want a little bit, like, Kelvin never showed any emotion, but damn, at least still like smiled once. Like, I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't, I don't. I think he—that's his personality. From Just what I've seen, the videos. I mean, he's already been talking with like Amon Rye and like other players. He seems excited to be in Detroit. His yeah. personality just seems to be a little more, you know, slimy. Per se, that's what that's I like to call exactly him. what it yes. is, and that's not necessarily a bad thing no, for the, on the field, right? Right, right, right. I just I, I don't want him to be Charles Rogers, I want him to be Calvin Johnson, I don't want Mike Williams. <laughs> don't, don't we all? <laughs> don't we I want Tyreek Hill? That's who I want. Um, no, one thing I'll say about Jameson Williams is he's the type of player that like. Lions will never be able to sign unless we pay just boatloads of money. And it's just because Detroit just has this, you know, especially for football, bad rap of, oh, freezing cold, always losing. You don't want to go there. We have to win. We have to win. I think Brad Holmes knew if we don't, you know, take a guy like this, it's going to be really hard to get one. And they're not going to be there at picks 25, 26, 27. So, he did it now. He also probably knew that the Packers were coming up. And he, I don't want to see James Williams on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. They just got rid of Devontae Adams. So I can see that. And then also just I think his first initial reaction was, are you kidding me? The Lions just took me. The, the, the Lions, you know, like that. Come, I'm not playing for them, you know. And then I guarantee you. Some his dad, his mom, someone was like, Bro, will you shut up? They traded up for you, they picked you at 12, they want you. And guess how far Alabama is from Michigan? Not far at all. And if you were going, you know, out to California, Kansas City, way out there, maybe you know, a whole lot of his family can't get out there. But now for Alabama to Michigan, that's Honestly, six hours. Honestly, I think this is this is a non-story for for time being until he shows signs to the media. And we're gonna get to see it. We're gonna get to see it real soon and on Hard Knocks too. So he's another guy who I'm excited to see. You will not see him say one word on Hard Knocks. I bet my life there'll be a little clip. Just see him running around. He, I feel he's gonna be like you remember when Josh Jacobs when the Raiders were on it, and like Josh Jacobs made a huge point not to even be shown on the show. I think that's what Jay Will might be. Maybe. I could be wrong. But. Interesting. All yeah, right. We'll uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, nonetheless, uh, we're going to have a great episode next week talking Josh Pascal to kick it off. Kirby uh, Joseph, we'll get the rest of the, the rounds too if we can get there. We might, you know, 
have to do another draft episode and recap. But who doesn't love these? At least in 10 days, we'll know where and when, boys. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, as always, check us out on Twitter at Honolulu Blues underscore. That's our main page. Check out Nick at Nick Faber NFL. And then check out Julius at the fifth top. Of course, myself at Everyday FFB. If you guys are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff, give us a like, review, whatever. We love it all. But, boys, uh, man, it, it seems like Brad Holmes has had two, you know, drafts where nothing was like out of like out of the blue, really stuck out, really rubbed you the wrong way. Like we saw, you know, um, Jason Huntley in the fifth round, little things like that. That was just, what are you doing? So I'm really liking what I'm seeing. It's just – is Dan Campbell going to be the guy that gets the most out of Brad Holmes' picks? I hope so. Me Not too. all the favors out there, too. I got like 30 of them in this group chat. <laughs> As always, go Lions. Go Lions. What up, Peter Parker? Go Lions. Yes. Go Lions. Go Lions. Lions. Super Bowl bound in three years, boys. Ow! Man, I wish we had a little ticker going. Oh, man, it's live stream still going. <laughs> but we, we, I, 